Curriculum Associates presents Extraordinary Educators with hosts Sari Labaris and Danielle Sullivan. Get ready to hear tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching, leadership, and drive student learning. We're here for you. Hey, welcome to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Sari. And this week, we are pumped to be chatting with Sarah, an extraordinary educator in New Hampshire, once again on this season. So Sarah's expertise lies in a lot of different things. But one thing that she's really focused on this year is balance. And so we are going to dive right in in terms of best practices that she shares for herself and that other teachers, leaders, anyone in any workplace can really do in order to feel more balanced at the end of the day. And I love some of the things that she shared. I mean, I feel like even in our roles, what we're doing, I learned some things about prioritizing again, about making a to-do list. And if you don't get to it, you can always move it to the next day. I mean, so that's just a little sneak preview of what you're going to hear. Some really helpful things. So even if you are a leader, educator, you work for curriculum associates, whatever, like if you're just a human, I think you're going to really find what Sarah is sharing very helpful. Definitely. So let's dive in. Here is our time with Sarah. Sarah, welcome back to the podcast. We are so happy you are here. And thank you for joining us once again on season four. If you don't mind just introducing yourself to our listeners, we will start there. Thanks so much. Yeah. So I'm Sarah Zeller. I am currently a third grade teacher. Um, I did two years in fifth grade and a year as a para. And now I've landed in the district where I live, actually, which is really nice. So I've got 21 awesome third graders that are in front of me all day, every day. Well, that is wonderful. Welcome back to the podcast. So I wanted to know, what have you been really focusing on this year? What's something that, you know, given you just said you this is, a, you're excited to work with your third graders, but what's kind of theme that you've been thinking about this year? So one thing that I am really focusing on this year is balance. And we, I think we hear a lot about the work-life balance, um, especially for educators. It's so easy to spend all of your hours in the classroom and trying to figure out um, what else you are besides a teacher, <laughs> what else is in your life. Um, I'm also a mom, so I have a seven-year-old and a four-and-a-half-year-old. Um, my husband and I are both teachers, so our busy times are always the same, <laughs> and our downtimes are usually pretty much the same. So um, that's kind of the, the traditional way that I think we talk about balance is figuring out how you can both be a teacher and be other things, a parent, a daughter or son, a sister or brother. Um, how, if you're an athlete, like, how do you fit in practices? If you're a coach, what does that look like? Um, all of these different roles that we take on, um, I think it's really easy for teachers to let teaching be the only thing they do um, day in and day out. So finding other things that you are, other passions you have, um, and giving time to those also. Well, that sounds like the dream. I know. And right? I, so how are you doing that specifically? Like what, what brought this to the forefront of your mind? And, and as you're approaching this, like it can be really overwhelming for people. What did you do to start thinking about what, you know, who else you are as beyond a teacher and how to create that balance in your life. Yeah. One of the best choices I made, I tell people this all the time, my very first year teaching, I found Angela Watson's 40 hour teacher work week club. 
And it was the best decision I ever made because the focus of the program is all about streamlining and kind of planning your time out on purpose instead of getting to your prep time and then just looking at your list of stuff to do that's miles long and just kind of picking at random. Like, what am I going to do? I don't know. Um, So having a plan for all of your time, whether that's in school or at home, um, there's a lot of stuff in her program about batching. And I find that that works really well for me. If I can take one or two of my prep times a week and really focus on the copies that I need to make for the following week, or I take one day and I focus on grading and that's where my focus is. And when you can do all of your grading at once or all of your copies at once, you actually end up being more efficient because once you get in the groove of something, it's a lot easier to keep going. And if you spend 45 minutes doing something, you're getting a lot more done than if you spend 10 minutes here and five minutes there. And if you can plan that out and have a vision when you go into your prep time or when you decide I'm gonna spend an hour after school today, knowing what that hour is for and writing it down, like (laughs) label it. This is my grading hour on Tuesday afternoon from 3.30 to 4.30. That's my grading time. Um, And similarly in the morning, um, I have like my morning routine. I get to school. I know I need to check my email, but I'm not necessarily responding unless it's an urgent thing because I know that later in my day, I have my dedicated emailing time. Um, So a lot of just planning out what you do on purpose and having that vision when you're looking at a block of time, figuring out what I actually want to do with it. Um, And the same thing goes at home. Like Saturday morning is my laundry time. (laughs) Like We're doing all of our laundry. We're getting it done for the week because that's what works for us. Um, Sunday afternoons are usually big family dinner things because We have family that's close, which is awesome. But knowing that that's what happens on Sunday afternoons means I'm going to block that out and I'm not going to be doing teaching stuff during that time. So helpful, Sarah. I think just having that routine, doing the same thing at each time or day during every week, you know, it takes 21 days to build a habit. We all know that. But I think too, just like really holding that time sacred. And then you, you don't have to get stressed out about not completing grading for the day, because you know, like you said, on X afternoon, you're going to do it. And I think applying that to your life is so helpful too. So thank you so much for sharing that. I'm curious, like, uh, I know what it's like to be a teacher and, it and, sometimes it's hard to hold those specific times sacred. Like you have a colleague who comes in and wants to chat about something. Like how do you approach that and really stay true to the schedule that you set out? Um, I mean, if I need to, I'll lock my door. Like, <laughs> If you want to come in, you're going to have to use your key and it's going to have to be really on purpose. Um, and I talk about these habits all the time. So when I have a plan for my prep period, the rest of my third grade team knows like that's what Sarah's going to be doing. Um, And I mean, I'll still chat with people in the copy room because when the copier is running, if I don't have other stuff to do, that's like my social time. And I know that because there are always other teachers at the copier (laughs) that never fails. Um, So I think being upfront and being honest about it, um, a lot of 
teachers are also parents and they they understand wanting to be able to spend time outside of school doing other stuff. Um, and I think it's a great example to set for anybody who starts teaching to see that you don't have to be at school until eight o'clock at night. You can still be a great teacher and leave when your contracted hours are done um, because you're still teaching your kids and you're still giving them everything that they need. I love so much of what you said, and I really enjoy Angela Watson, too. I've listened to her podcast a bunch and read her books, um, and it inspired me, too, as a teacher, because I try to do that now. It's You're talking about time chunking, the prioritization. I love that you lock your door and set boundaries. Like, you literally set a boundary. You're like, and no, like, today, you're not coming in my room. So really, really wonderful um, ideas and steps. So what's one next thing? that somebody could do after listening to this? You, you, you shared a lot of things. Like what's one next thing somebody might pick up to start creating more balance in their life? I think start by looking at the big blocks of time that you have and figuring out what you want to do with them. I think if you know the time that you have, if you've got an hour long prep period, figure out what can be, how can you use that time the most efficiently? What are things that you have to do at school that you can't do at home? Or what are things that you have to get done before next week? Um, making sure that your priorities are those immediate things. Um, and we, I think most teachers like the creative side. We like taking the PowerPoints and adding the pretty fonts and making it look beautiful. But Another thing that Angela Watson talks about is the, she calls it the MVP or the minimum viable product. Like you're the only one that's going to know if you change the font and make it all beautiful and put your Bitmoji in. And as long as it does the job, it doesn't have to be beautiful. You can spend that time later if you want to. If that's something that makes you happy, go for it. Um, but thinking about <clears throat> those minimal minimum things that you have to do. And I find that a lot in my curriculum too. It's a new year for me in a new grade level. So I'm finding like I'm looking through this giant curriculum book and seeing all of these things for language arts and it can be really overwhelming. And I just have to remind myself to go back to what do my students actually need? Where are they at and what are their next steps? And how do I balance that with this mile long list of things in the curriculum that I'm supposed to do for all of my kids <laughs> and making sure that my students are actually getting what they need. Um, because we all know that the way curriculum is written is not just for every kid. Um, every kid doesn't fit that mold. Um, there is no mold <laughs> right. because every kid is different and they need that individualized stuff. So looking at my curriculum and seeing how I can balance all the stuff in there with what I'm seeing in front of me and my 21 kiddos every day is another way that, that balances the thing that I keep coming back to. That's, I love that idea. And I feel like we should make like some cute little sign for teachers to stick on their desks or at the back of the classroom when they're looking at their students. What do my kids need? Because you're so right. There's so many things we can do to make the Pinterest board or to add the Bitmoji. But really at the end of the day, what's the best thing for your kids? And it's okay to not do the other things ever or immediately or today. 
Um, so that is actually a perfect segue, Sarah, to our Ask an Extraordinary Educator question, which I think um, I'm really excited to hear your answer on this. So I'm going to read it to you and then um, let us know your thoughts. Hi, Danielle, Sari, and teacher guest. I've been teaching for five years now, and I'm feeling more overwhelmed than ever. I would love advice on how to really leave my work at school. I understand what I need to do, but mentally, I just can't leave my to-do list incomplete at the end of the day. How do I mentally get over this hurdle? Help from a teacher who really wants to practice self-care, but can't seem to get there just yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think... That to-do list can be so daunting. And one of the things that I love is um, I know that I'm not going to get it all done and getting to the point where that's okay. uh, One of the things that I like to do is whatever is still on my list for the day, I will physically put on my list for tomorrow. And it goes back to those priorities and figuring out if there's something that I was intending to do today is it actually necessary for my day tomorrow? Is it actually necessary for this week? Or is it just one of those things that I want to do? Or is it something that can wait until next week? Um, I think it goes back to using the planning and prep time that you have as efficiently as you can. So instead of just having that mile long to-do list and checking boxes in order, I like to prioritize. I have my most important thing at the top of my list every day, and that's going to change. If my most important thing today is making copies for science because I didn't get to do that yesterday and science is happening today and my kids aren't going to know what to do. They're not going to have what they need if I don't make those copies. That's going to be the first thing on my list. And the next day is going to be different. But I think having those priorities and looking at your list and kind of saying, what do I have to do? It's a similar thing that we give kids, right? We give them the must do and then the may do and then even past that if you want to do. So (laughs) figure out for yourself, what are your must do's? And then that mindset shift, I think, is the hardest thing to be able to say my may do's are going to go on my list tomorrow or they're going to move to my list next week. Or I know that I have a week of vacation coming up and they're going to move to that time because I have a dedicated three hour chunk on Saturday that I'm going to use during my vacation. I know that I'm going to bring some stuff home because I have this project and I want to get it done. And it's a great time to be able to do it. And that's okay. Planning ahead and kind of making almost multiple to-do lists or having that idea that the stuff that I have on today's list maybe doesn't have to get done today. Maybe it moves to a time that makes more sense. Um, Yeah, that's where I I would go. That is so great. I just want to add two other things based on uh, listening to what you're sharing that other people might find helpful that I found helpful. Also, when you're looking at your to-do list, it's really good psychologically to do the hardest thing first thing in the morning. So if you know that you have been putting off, in my case, IEP writing is what I put off (laughs) or like doing the progress reports. Like those were like the bane of my existence as a special ed teacher. But I finally had to just say today's the day and I did it first thing. So if you have a project that is that you do need to get done, do it first thing in the morning. And the second thing I want to offer too, it's from Stephen Covey. It's a it's a four square box that you can say what's urgent, important, not important and not urgent. Sometimes if you're overwhelmed with your list, sorting it 
into those categories because sometimes people focus on not urgent and not important, like the fonts on the PowerPoint when they need to be focusing on what's urgent and what's important. So that's another just way to sort your list. But Sarah, oh my goodness, I could talk to you all day about time management. This is amazing. This is, this is my jam. I love it. But unfortunately, that is all the time we do have. Speaking of time, uh, we want to keep these a little bit manageable. See what I did there? You like that? <laughs> time and manageable. But we appreciate you so much. Uh, Sari, why don't you help close us out? Thank you again, Sarah, for being here. Thank you so much. That is it for today's episode of the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. Leave us a review where you listen to podcasts as it really helps us reach more educators. Follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Asoch and on Instagram at MyIReady. If you have feedback, a topic of interest, want to be a guest, or have a question you want to submit, email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We are here for you. So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. The Extraordinary Educators podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates, editing by Danielle Sullivan, social media by At City Hannon, guest booking by Sari Liberis, music by Mark Bernstein. This podcast is copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIReady and send your emails to extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. <laughs>